my co- coping mechanisms for like I forget stuff. Yeah. So also I feel like the fact that I forget stuff makes me interrupt people because I worry that I'm going to forget what I had to say. Uh, that's so fucking smart. Yeah. So instead I'm like, okay, if I write it down, I, I can listen while they finish and then, and then the not forget. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Be so that's awesome. my notes, yeah. yeah. So it's not even because I'm like so serious as a guest. It's that I like doubt my own abilities to remember things. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I had an intro prepared. I had something that I wanted to say real quick. What you got? I feel like shit. Oh, I'm sick. I feel feverish and ill. And it's Radio Free Tote Bag there and I'm Audrey. Go. I'm Donovan. Yeah. <laughs> Joining us this week uh, from Why You Mad, Luisa Diaz. Hello. So happy to be back. I haven't talked to you all in so long. I know. We miss you. It has I been too long. Too. We we I missed know. you when you came on last. Was it just me and you? Was that the one where Audrey was sick? Do we remember I this? I think so. Maybe it was like last maybe. year. So that means it's yeah. I think yeah. You're right. It's definitely been longer since I talked to Audrey. Than I remember being Big you. Jelly. I remember editing that episode. Being yeah, like, I had stuff to say. <laughs> that, that definitely happened. No, but I'm so glad that we can be together now and um, coalesce with our powers of mental health disorders that we're yes. working on. Yes. <laughs> ADHD. And I put my fist in. Yeah. Like, like ring of power. Captain Planet, but for mental health. The trilobite <laughs> ring is for obsessive compulsive disorder. I'm holding up my rings. <laughs> Welcome to the show. The, no rings at all is for the PTSD. We can't carry memories. Everything's <laughs> bad. <laughs> we're here representing all of the, the power versions. Comes from within. Yeah. But it's funny because what we were talking about uh, before we started recording uh, was sort of like memory, right? Like a long-term, mm-hmm. short-term um our coping mechanisms for what we want to and don't want to remember and all that stuff and it's very funny because you know the way that i ended up getting diagnosed with ptsd was that i actually went i sought help because i thought i had adhd Mm. and i like went to the doctor and i was like very like you know i feel like I had a bunch of jobs. I did a bunch of degrees. I went to school full time and worked full time, like for years, for decades. I got things done. Yeah. And then now I'm just losing shit. Like I just cannot remember things. Like people, I, I don't remember the name of my fifth grade teacher and shit like that. That people are like, it's, they know. And I'm like, I don't. I will, I maybe remember the name of two t- i mean but also i went to 17 different schools before college that'll hurt well that's a damn <laughs> yeah so you then i go to yourself the- about that one exactly so then i go to the doctor and i say that and i'm like i think it must be adhd i can't focus i can't remember stuff and then i give her such an example as i just did and she's like ah you know what though uh when you have ptsd it affects your memory <laughs> and she's like <laughs> So you can't treat the symptom, you have to treat the actual issue. (laughs) And so in some cases, um, memory loss or inability to retain a short-term memory or to recall long-term memory is associated to um, your coping mechanisms for dealing with trauma Hmm. because your brain kind of learns like, we don't need to save this information. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just look forward. Everything in the back is bad. <laughs> there was the one, it's uh, Donald Duck and Goofy standing there, and Donald Duck says to Goofy, 
you know that trauma can cause memory loss, right? And then it cuts to Goofy just like squinting into the middle distance. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? What now? What? <laughs> yeah. I already forgot what you said. <laughs> I have a exactly. fun chunk of my life in, in high school potentially related to that. Potent- well, absolutely related to some medication stuff. I I must have talked about this at some point. Here's another memory thing. Although to be fair, we've recorded 500 episodes of this program, and so I don't know, 130 something plus two. I think we're about to hit plus two sixty. Yeah, we have 407. Holy shit! Wow! Congrats to you. Round did well. That doesn't round up to 500. But imagine it does, and I'm correct. (laughs) For the sake of the bit, just think that it rounds up, and then I'm correct. there is a period of my life, uh, I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder in high school and ADHD and depression and all of this stuff. Uh, and there's definitely some trauma components in there that I'll, I'll, I'll get into in a second. But the big thing for me was I had like one real bad episode where I got hospitalized in, in high school and I dealt with uh, insomnia, like as long as I can remember. And so as part of this, I got put on Seroquel, everyone's favorite antipsychotic that makes you been on it, hate it. Absolutely numb and detached. Uh, but I was on a bunch of meds at the time and that shit knocked me out at nighttime. So I was like, cool, let's crank up the dosage on this. I can actually sleep now. That's awesome. And it was only a few years later in college where I had a realization of like, Oh, this is usually used to treat people with psychotic disorders, which is not at all what I have. I think recently it's come under fire that that is has been overprescribed for people dealing with stuff more like what I'm dealing with. And so there is a section of my life from about 10th grade through 12th grade that the, still have memories, but it feels like TV episodes I saw. Or something totally. that happened to somebody else. Or like out of body is the way yes. that a lot of people um, describe memories when they have trauma. Yeah. It's sort of like it gets filed as a thing that happened, but that is distant to you emotionally. Right. Like completely. you have to separate yourself from it. And, I, and so I wonder how much, I've been thinking about this more recently, and some trauma has been unearthed in recent years, and I've wondered how much is that medication, because that's definitely a component, and how much of that is just that trauma factor, because high school was, in many ways, a difficult time for your good friend Donovan. And, yeah. Uh, well, for I, most I, people. For sure. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm I'm feeling that like defense mechanism, especially as someone with OCD who can get locked on yeah. to a bad memory to the point of like it being completely disabling for a while. Yeah. If maybe that was one of those kind of unconscious coping mechanisms to stop my yeah. brain being overwhelmed all of the time by like these old, you know, traumatic and also just regular shitty memories. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. For me, it was... um. I guess realizing that in some ways my brain has been has tried to help me move past traumatic things by not holding on to the memory. But then I realized at some point that I was also not holding on to good memories. Right. You know what I mean? So it was uh, like my brain couldn't differentiate. It was just like, look forward, look forward, do not 
log this <laughs> you know like yeah. we just can't we can't assess whether this is good or bad we just got to move past it yeah and that's not healthy or good you know no. so yeah can so a lot I of name yeah tell me can i name a single event that wasn't like a big deal you know what i mean like i can remember things that are like important to me yeah. that i really ex like experienced fully but i don't know if i can like call to mind any specifics about any grocery trip in the last year oh my <laughs> you know God. what i mean yeah or like when people are like what did you have for dinner two nights ago or yesterday that's gone uh, what yeah. <laughs> no but really you all okay can't right now in 10 seconds can you think of more than three teachers names that meant something to you or like miss fralick miss quinn mr bettinghouse wow what about you dono these these ones i can uh oh my god shoemaker uh okay one that sucked mrs miller in first grade wow the ones mm. that suck stand out that's yeah. true oh uh 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 i think her name was monica rustin Second grade, her hated her first guts. name. Wow, yeah. <laughs> wow, that is hate. Hated she made me hate school. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love school. Mm -hmm. I'd come in, I'd see all my friends, I'd be irritating as shit because I had ADHD. And nobody knew what to fucking do about that. Yeah, but I yeah. was still people who thought I was entertaining and so would hang out with me. And then she was like, "You yeah. need to shut the fuck up because you irritate the shit out of me." And she yeah. like prevented me from being who I was. And so um, I remember Mr. Caballero. He took away. He was like an algebra teacher, and he took away my novels because I read novels instead of paying attention oh my God. during algebra. Yeah. And that seemed rude. <laughs> That's going to fucking so, turn you off a map. Yeah, you're not going to be I, like, oh, well, I guess I can't read. Better have number time. You're just going to exactly, be like, fuck all I'm of this. I'm just like, fuck yeah. this. Now I'm going to doodle in my notebook all the ways you should die. <laughs> <laughs> my bad one was Mrs. Miller. This was in Arkansas, first grade. I have, in retrospect, 100% ADHD stuff at the time because my desk was like packed with crumpled up not turned in homework and all this stuff she cleared it out in front of the entire class which was oh, just no, horrifying but that's not the way to deal with that no but Shame. she was like 80 yeah. in arkansas in the 90s like she i don't know i'm not saying was incapable maybe. of doing I, anything else yeah i'm i just have a sense she was probably pro-segregation i'm just throwing that out there <laughs> And so she got carbon monoxide poisoning, I found out, like, the following year. And as, like, an eight-year-old or whatever, I was like, did she die? And they were like, you can't react like that. And I was like, but, but did she? But she was but not she a die? good person. It's one no. of those, like, moral lesson moments where you're like, wait, you're not supposed to be happy bad people die? Yeah. But this That's high school wrong. principal. Yeah. High school principal. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I can't remember a principal's name. That's insane. I can't remember his name, Ooh. which is funny, which is kind of where we were with this. But um, uh, he fucking up and died one day. He was, sit <laughs> he was sitting on the couch next to his wife, and he just passed the fuck away. Holy oh, shit. Wow. And they never really released why it happened, but he just died one fucking day. I remember coming into school. I always showed up like right before we had to go into class. I was always late. Yeah. And I walk up and there everyone's standing around looking all dour. I'm like, who died? And they were like, Mr. Uh, What's his face? And I went, What? <laughs> I got it? 
<laughs> Do you know what's horrible is that immediately I was like, Mr. Balding, I can fill in like <laughs> pop culture principals and teachers. Uh, <laughs> or Belding? What was his name? Belding? I think, I think it was from, Belding, yeah. yeah. But, Mr. Feeney was a teacher from Bullets yeah, World. But um, I guess maybe because in a pre- school shootings world um because you know i'm of the particular age i'm not sure where i am on the age spectrum with you all because i can't judge ages at all (laughs) but i am of the age where i lost my virginity to a guy in a trench coat with a shaved head (laughs) who like was not white he was latino in miami okay but it was like that was like the anti-authoritarian look, you know. It was like right, the, right. the hard, cool guy. Who the Matrix fan- had just come Dude, out. We used to call them super seniors because they yep. failed. Yep, we had those twelfth grade, yeah. right? Remember that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's who I lost my virginity to. And then literally, <laughs> that later that year, Columbine happened. And you got to ditch the trench coat now. Well, yeah. So now it became this like bad thing. So like, I just remember, like, I think maybe for the millennial kids, 9-11 is that that divider of before and after. But Columbine was like a pretty big before and after for me. I was like seven when Columbine happened. Yeah. Oh, no, I was in high school. I was like a junior, I think, or a sophomore. But I was fucking the super senior. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, oh, my God. Before that, our biggest problem was um, teachers and principals and security guards getting in trouble for fucking students. Yep. A classic. Lots of that. Lots of that. Yeah? You guys, you remember that? Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Hessel. Yeah. Of all she, genders. She, they were all fucked, fucking she everyone. She fucked a whole bunch yeah. of students. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was some shit didn't like happen that in, in your one school? of my schools. There was no sex positivity in your school, Donna? <laughs> <laughs> this Miss Hessel chick used to sit backwards on the desk oh in front of God. students that she liked and fucking Sharon Stone them. Oh my oh God. My God. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. As hell. I had lots of crusty, scandalous. crusty old teachers between Arkansas yeah. and Catholic schools especially. We had a nun algebra teacher who had a mustache and that was a source of much, much joy for us mean little shithead middle schoolers. There was something with like a PE teacher and a student at one of my high schools, but I, I can't quite remember the details. It was Probably one of those again. things where all the adults whispered around yeah. you and you couldn't even fully get the details. But something, <laughs> something fucked up was going yeah. on. Yeah. You know, like, I know he got fired after this. Something happened. Nobody well, we tell had... me what it was. I think I've lightly mentioned this, but one of the teachers at my school in Caracas, it turns out, is like arguably the most prolific serial pedophile in history at this Mm. international school. I was potentially affected by this. He was drugging students on trips. I won't go down (sighs) this entire wormhole. But that didn't come out until like after I graduated college, and there was uh, crazy much hubbub at that point because it affected and, so many people. And you know what? Know. Honestly, it's pretty. Uh, this isn't the right term, but I always want to say it's just crazy. It's crazy, <laughs> but it is that we are now in a time when like school shootings are common, and. Uh, this is controversial. I don't mean to defend school shooters, okay? But. <laughs> but. I take. I take. But. But. 
<laughs> um, way before they were shooting up schools, like we even have like movies and TV shows all about how the hierarchies in high schools were about torture and trauma and yeah. abuse and um, hiding your real identity and playing a part that is what will get you not beat up and yeah. you know like all this just like super toxic shit and then the people now are like oh how could kids shoot places up, schools up why are they so mad <laughs> and i'm like are you kidding me are you not watching your fucking yeah. freaks and geeks and all the fucking Heathers. everything <laughs> Heathers, are you not yeah. familiar with the misery and angst and the fact yes. that like this is your first time feeling these things yeah. everything you are yeah incapable up until your brain developed to a certain point of feeling these things and now it's your first time and you don't know what the fuck to do with them and, and on top of that you and on top of that you see the reality you see the reality well you're right there's a shithead yeah. who's beating you up and making your daily life worse awful your maybe even family life where yeah. a yeah. parent or a sibling is making your fucking life worse and then there's also watching what's happening in the real world outside yes. of your family with climate change, with politics, with racial justice, with like all the things. Because fucking kids are not stupid. They're more connected on the web and shit than their parents yeah. are. So they see all this and like, how could they not feel despair? How could they not feel rage? How could they not And helplessness. Feel, yeah, and, and helplessness and like even... You know, this is very taboo, but like, how could you not feel the desire to um, keep other children from feeling like going through the things mm. that you have gone through if you have suffered? And I do think that that's where these the rage comes from with some of these school shooters. It's because people will be like, why? Why turn it on other kids? And it's literally from a sense of like, nobody was there to protect me. Nobody's mm. going to be there to protect these kids either. So let's make a display of it. Let's end it all right now. And it's obviously not justifiable. Right. But it's, it comes from somewhere. And we can't just, like my I doctor mean, talked yeah. to me about memory loss, you can't just deal with the symptom. You have to yeah. go deal with where this actually is rooted. 100%. Like, you, like we say the same things about, there's, there's an Osama bin Laden quote that I like quite a bit. Let's yeah, go down. Let's, let's go do down it. some rabbit what holes. Let's talk opening. about some shit. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, imagine there is a wolf and it is attacking a lamb's child. And the wolf lunges at the lamb and the, or the, the sheep and the sheep kicks the lamb in the face. Is this not justified? And he was essentially saying that, like, there has been imperialist aggression throughout the place where I live forever. Yeah. And I, I am I am but a sheep kicking a wolf. Yeah. You've been menacing our lambs all along. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Not and a great dude. In a lot of no. ways. Not a, no. Not a fan. But, it, but it's, the rec it's the same thing, honestly, with Palestine and Israel. You know, like Israel being like, oh, but they keep attacking us well you cornered mm -hmm. a lamb in like into a corner and they're throwing rocks back at you and you're responding with fucking rockets and like mm -hmm. helicopters and high and destroying missiles. wells and yeah, just eliminating exactly. infrastructure Food, and, and foods resources and everything and it's absolutely just not the same thing right asymmetrical 
asymmetrical. Exactly. I think all of these things we're describing, there's there's an element of you're not given any recourse. You've got a group mm -hmm. of people suffering and they're given absolutely no recourse to it. And the case and then of the like, call for civility is really just it echoes into emptiness. Yeah. I mean, that's almost a f I mean, it is a fuck you to people yeah. who are suffering. You're like, well, just deal with it and do the status quo thing. And it's like, yeah, what what else are they going to do? And again, politely not an endorsement. File, yeah. Politely file a complaint with the U.N. Can you do right. that? Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're a kid, Wait. like fucking trying yeah. to seek out support or whatever, and oftentimes yeah. that does not exist in your school, or you have a situation you put on a fucking list stacked yeah. against you. They just put you on a list right. to watch you. Yeah. And so I no. think so no. much of that stuff is just somebody being given no other option, or at least mm -hmm. it feels like that. And in the case exactly. of, you know, uh, high schoolers and, and young people going through this stuff, because like I, I mean, I did, I went through a lot of bullying and turmoil and trauma and mental health stuff I was dealing with. And like, I was fortunate in the sense that I've got, you know, a pretty functional family and I was able to be put in touch with a psychiatrist and had resources yeah. for these things and therapy. And I just think about how many people don't have that, don't have the means to get that, maybe don't have a family yeah. that would offer that support or even believe that mental or illness is a thing. It even. Yeah. And you're just stuck. And again, it's not an endorsement of the thing, but it's if you create these conditions that force people who are suffering into that position, of course, some of them are just going to explode like that. And yeah. it's awful. But you, you have to address the systemic issue there and throwing fucking and, up medical detectors and putting cops in fucking schools isn't doing shit. Yeah. And, and we're anything. we're not gonna fix it by ignoring what made them. You know, and by just like calling right. them lone wolves and uh people yeah. who have mental health issues, so they they broke down and they reacted in an abnormal way. You're not fixing anything by like looking at it that way. Systemic just, issues can yeah. produce pathologies and individuals mm -hmm. and so you know and you, then you, you can live attack in a meat grinder you'll get ground up yeah and you can attack the individual as being the bad guy the one school shooter the one bomber the one whatever but that's not going to stop the next one from happening because uh, demonizing that one person that's just attacking the symptom not the disease fuck yeah yeah mental health and the conditions of capitalism and the other shit that we deal with and continue to worsen is brutal. And it is weird today to feel like there's more awareness and understanding of, of people with mental illness or trauma or other things in their life that they're dealing with. And then on one hand, that awareness and those resources existing, but then being priced out for Pay so off. many people like yeah it's, it's bizarre to be like oh wow yeah we can understand that this is a pressing thing that's been affecting people for years and we didn't used to even acknowledge yeah. it or would chalk it up to just like that's how people are supposed to be and it Let's feels almost extra in, in a placement with a thousand kids to look after yeah. and 
put them on wait lists. And well, it feels yeah. extra evil to like be at this point where there's that awareness and then it's still like, okay, but if you can't pay to access therapy or your school isn't funded enough to have like any kind of support system for students, Which then you're fucked. We know decisions. what the issue is and you're in here and fuck you anyways. It's yeah. very, very you, That's ugly. why I think like the, um, the American dream narrative is one of the most toxic narratives that exists in on the globe, like not just in America, uh, because both Americans and non-Americans believe it. And there is this pervasive idea that America is the land of opportunity. And therefore, if you are not in a good position, if you are not happy, if you are not prospering, it's because you didn't work hard. It's your fault. Right. It's your fault. Yeah. And it's something that affects immigrants. It affects Americans. It affects everyone in our country. Like literally every person is forced to internalize every fear, every um, inability to meet, measure up, you yeah. know, like everything. Because if you show it, it's a weakness that means you didn't do well enough. Right. You didn't try hard enough. Everyone else around you is doing it. I can name five people who could do it. So that means you should have been able to. Yeah. And so there's this misunderstanding that because you can name exceptions to the rule, that means the rule doesn't apply. And that's okay. not the way that that works. I got so much of that shit growing up. Yeah. Same. It's still yeah. working, you know? It, it, it's frustrating to be able to now articulate, hey, these are the things that I struggle with because of yeah. illnesses that are doc like or disabilities mentally that are documented and understood by science and still be like, well, other people can do it, so why can't you do it? Yeah. It's exactly. it is very dehumanizing and, and isolating. Kind of lighten it up a little bit. What you got? Yeah, please. I saw an episode of The Simpsons, very old episode of The Simpsons, the yesterday, uh, where Bart gets an F on a test. It's like a classic thing that happens in the show all the time. But in this case, Mrs. Krabappel and the school psychiatrist are like, you will be held back if you don't get your grades up. And he goes home, like he hits the arcade on the way home. He's like, okay, I'm going to play some games and then I'm going to hit the books. He gets home. He eats dinner with his family. He goes upstairs to go study. Homer grabs him to watch a monster movie. <laughs> they watch <laughs> a movie together. He gets upstairs. And he falls He sits asleep. down at his desk and he falls asleep. Yeah. And, they, and Homer looks at him and says, oh, look at him. He tries so hard. Why does he keep <laughs> failing? They say. <laughs> he wakes up the next day. He uh, goes in. He takes the test. He fails. He's like, yeah. you're still failing. And he's like, but I tried. And then if he takes it again, there's a snowstorm that gives him another day to study. He studies. Uh, he goes and he takes the test. Still fails. He spent the entire day studying while all of his friends went out in the snow. And he still failed. And he breaks. Bart weeps in front of, the, in front of his teacher and his parents. And uh, uh, I don't know, actually, Homer and Marge aren't there. But he breaks in front of Mrs. Krabappel and he says, this is just like when George Washington had to surrender his troops. And he names some battle. <laughs> He like does like a whole oral presentation. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes, what did you just say? Yeah. I think that that warrants two extra points on your test. You got a D minus. You passed. Yeah. And he runs out and he's like, I got a D minus. I passed. And I was reminded of every time that I made it through school by the skin of my fucking teeth. And I wept too, Bart. I wept as well. Oh, and that's also Shouts really nice because. 
Yeah, no, and that's also a good story of like, I've had those moments. I can't remember those teachers' names because we've covered this. But (laughs) I had those moments where um, a teacher recognized that you maybe, like for me particularly was like when I didn't know English when I first moved Mm. to America, where uh, a teacher was able to recognize like, just because you can't do the exercises as set up for the people who know how to speak English doesn't mean that you don't know the information, right? right? You just don't know this format of being asked it. And so I weirdly like ended up when I first moved to America, both in ESOL and gifted at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So it, but it, those moments where somebody sees you, you know, where Mm -hmm. they really just see like, Oh, you did hear me, and you did absorb the information, yeah. and you. I had college professors say yeah. that was a gift when they yeah. gave me a D. They were like, "That's for you. You need <laughs> this. That's for you because <laughs> you're good. You're you want to do bless it, them. <laughs> but you don't have it. You know. Yeah. God bless those autistic accepting professors and teachers mm-hmm. out there. <laughs> yes, I have. God, I have. I have a lot of these these moments also. But I think the thing that we're getting at generally is that it fucking humanize people and stop trying to make everybody fit in. You have to do things this exact same way. And if you don't do it the same way as everybody else, you're a failure. What just an awful way to organize things. And it fucks people up. And we were all impacted by that. And people are still being impacted like by that. And it would be yeah. very cool if that shared experience that so many people have that something was actually implemented to help because you can point to those moments with specific teachers maybe or people in your life who are able to recognize how you work and get you through that thing instead of just giving up on you because you can't do it the the same way as other people uh let's change the entire history curriculum to prager u videos hey you know what's uh better than prager u videos though Listener, listener questions. <laughs> what if we what if we pivoted on the uh, the ball of your? How would you pivot on it? What if we spun around on our heel and there we left go. the school no. building and we jumped into the question box? They're Are probably going to lighten it up. I'm going <laughs> to guess they could, they will lighten it up. Could be, could not. <laughs> it depends what people are feeling this week. Uh, but let's get to it and give some advice. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. I wish I could do a Bart Simpson voice, but I can't. Hey, it's me, Bart Simpson. <laughs> hey, when I got I'm... a lot older. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, good to see you. I, I developed a po- pack a day smoking habit, and, and now I sound like this. Uh, when I'm not writing the same sentence on the board a hundred times in a row, you know what I like to do? Hmm. Audrey, you know what I like to do? What's that? I said, I like, oh, okay. Just, <laughs> just clarifying. I'm Bart Simpson. I'm a little sassy. I'm just clarifying. I like to head on over to Radio Free Topeg podcast and listen to the delightful conversations and the listener questions. But sometimes there's just not enough to listen to. What's this, though? There's another option to get a bonus episode each week. You simply take your slingshot and skateboard on down to patreon.com slash RFTB. And for a mere $5 a month, you can get a bonus episode each week and immediate access to like 130 episodes in the background. 140. 140. 
Holy shit. As of this one. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. <laughs> 140 episodes. That's more times than I wrote. I, I will not do X, Y, or Z on the board. I can't think of a particular board gag. Patreon.com slash RFTB. Uh, eat, eat my shorts. Yes. I saw one that said, I will not incite a revolution. And I'm like, yeah, you will, Bart. Don't yeah, have a will. cow, man. Don't <laughs> have a fucking cow. Have a bonus episode. <laughs> Patreon.com slash RFTB. Hey, question box. Have a, have a question box theme. It's the question box. It's the segment yeah, of the show where you, the listener, can send your questions into us and we do our best to answer them. If you're new to the show or haven't done it before, it's easy. Head on over to our social media at RFTBpod on Instagram and the site formerly known as Twitter or at <laughs> RFTB.bsky.stuff on Blue Sky or our website RFTB.me. Uh, you don't have to make an account. You just click that send in your question uh, link and then you get a text box and then you tippity tap and, and then we see what you wrote. Uh, and this week, Audrey, what are we what are we starting with? Hey there, DGA. What is Donovan guest and Audrey? Yes. Oh, nice. nice. We haven't had it's almost before. like a computer cord. It says <laughs> okay. like VGA. I got it. I got it. Uh, it is almost like that. Speaking <laughs> of computers, my job is making me have full on panic attacks. I feel you. Yeah, same. Oh, no. uh, I am completely overwhelmed by work, and recently I've been making mistakes that I wouldn't have pre pre uh, previously. I am so stressed that my colleagues and bosses hate me, but no one wants to help me get out from under the increasingly large avalanche of responsibilities I've been saddled with over the last six years. Happy Bye. sixth anniversary of work to me, by the way. Woo. What do I do? You work with computers. Next question. Wow. <laughs> Get it. I got a, I got a drop shit. for you. I got a drop for you. You ready? <laughs> Break up with this workplace. Get out of there. Absolutely. Well, I mean, look. Easy uh, to say, of course. Office jobs, man, are uh, real tough. People, okay. I used to work retail and I worked service industry for a long time when I went to school. And honestly, retail and service industry are harder. <laughs> but... Office jobs are also not easy. They sort of crush your soul in a mm -hmm, way yes. that people don't see because you get to sit down. So it seems <laughs> like it's easy. Yes. But I think, first of all, Audrey is correct. You should not be there after six years still putting up with the situation. Uh, and I know that what happens is that since every day is an avalanche of emergencies and fires that you have to put out, you never really have time to do anything to get out of that fire yourself, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You end up working these long hours. And then after that, you have to do like the basic things of taking care of your life. So there ends up being no space for like, I'm going to look for a new job. I'm going to go on interviews, that kind of thing, right? So what I would recommend to you as a pro who has never left a job without having another job lined up. Hell yeah. Um, put it on your fucking calendar. Like straight up on Outlook, block a 30-minute time every single day 
where you just search for new jobs and you send the application. And if you lose, if you use something like LinkedIn or whatever one website, there are ways where you, it becomes like a one click kind of thing where it's like, send them my resume, you know? So at the beginning, it's hard because you have to update your resume. You have to like get ready to be able to find the jobs. But once you get into the groove of it, you know, um, if you've already looked at all the jobs that are available under your title last week, then tomorrow when you check, you're only going to see the two new ones that got posted in the last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. You get me? So if you check it every day at 11 a.m., boom, you're the first one to apply to these new ones that are coming up. When you get that request for an interview, remember, those fucking flyers are still going to be there tomorrow. So you know what those sick days are for? For you to Mm -hmm. take a job interview to get the hell out of that hell that you're in right now. Um, Don't just don't go down with the ship. Um, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Recently, I had um, a conversation with a comedian. It's so weird when a comedian gives you good advice and you're like... (laughs) These idiots are smart sometimes. Oh, my God. (laughs) And this comedian named Dan Goodman, um, I was complaining to him about about my job. Let's say I work at Target, right? And I'm, like, complaining to him about... Pretty good wages for retail, Yeah, no, and I'm complaining, and I'm like, this is what... Frustrated about my boss, frustrated about they want me to change direction. I think this needs to happen. I have too many things going on. Dan Goodman listens to me for, like, 20 minutes, and then he just looks at me right in the eye, and he goes, Louisa... Your last name is not Target. <laughs> and it's like, fuck yes. What? And he's like, they pay you to do what they need you to do. You do not need to give a fuck. You need to do whatever they need you to do. If Mr. Target wants you to change direction and change into a blue polo tomorrow, you say, sure, no problem. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't, I'm not <laughs> part of the Target family. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And ownership of your job is good we obviously take pride i think in the things that we do and it does feel good to be good at your job but at a certain point you have to draw the line you have to have uh, boundaries of where it is taking advantage of you instead of actually giving you something and build in those spaces to find exits you know don't just like keep digging that hole and never getting out of there because also to Audrey's point, the only way to get more money is to move to another position. Yep. Yep. Uh, if you ever even wanted to come back to the horrible company that you're currently out at, you will get more money if you leave and come back. Yep. <laughs> you know, so like it's a trick I've learned. Lately. Yeah. So it's absolutely just not worth having this antiquated idea that you should just stick with a company no matter how they treat you. That's some 1950s fucking shit. Hundred percent. Uh, I think that you are absolutely correct and i just kind of want to brag for a second i like i got a promotion and i like it Ah! it's so weird when you like your job isn't it weird when you like your job because you're like uh i'm totally still pro-union and i'm sorry that everybody who's a worker is having a hard time but i like my boss (laughs) i like my boss she texted me today and she said hey i closed a thirteen thousand dollar sale for you and i was like why thank you i really appreciate you doing that for me yeah um damn it's kind of cool accomplishing things. But if you're not having that sense of accomplishment and you're not having progression and you're not and you're just feeling like you're on a treadmill of death, you must escape. And uh, Luis is absolutely right. Block off some time, figure it out, uh, take some sick days, 
Uh, a lot of them call them wellness days, even. Yeah. And this is for your wellness this to is. find a new mm-hmm. position. Personal days. Yep. Personal days are for interviewing with other companies, motherfucker. 100%. And they pay you to do it. <laughs> yeah. A, a big component here, too, from what you're describing is something that I have been through, though, where, like, you're so exhausted by the job. It's hard to muster the energy to do this other stuff. And if it's totally. like you're describing where you're just like, you barely feel like you're keeping it together then it feels like oh fuck i'm gonna lose this and i'm gonna have nothing and you get this whole like fear component in your head which is justified like the culture the society we live in is fucked when it comes to unemployment benefits to supporting people who are out of work all of this stuff it's cutthroat and it's awful and it shouldn't be like that and it's not your fault but like that's the situation that you're in. So it's understandable to feel that kind of stress. But there is a degree to which you can build that up more than it needs to be. Like you can get the sense, if I lose this job, I'm going to be fucked forever. I'm never going to find anything else. Uh, If I fuck something up at work, like everything's going to be over. I can't find something else. And you need to actively work against that the best that you can. It's like one of those paradoxical things where if you take a step back and are not actively wigging out about this stuff, it becomes easier mm-hmm. to do the searches. It sometimes becomes easier at work because you've taken that burden off of, yeah. oh God, if I fuck this up, it means like I'm a bad person and all, if you're, if you're moralizing it in that way, well, or you know, it means I, I'm never going to find something else. A good way to think else. of it that I can tell you is like, look, um, corporations of all types, um, they look for ways to minimize how much they're spending, right? Yes. So that means that, in most jobs, most of us are doing more than one job, right? Oh, yeah. Most mm-hmm. of us are doing more than one person should be doing, and there should be mm-hmm. like another person doing part of what I do. And um, the reality is that because they know they're doing that, and they already know. So with our, our writer, the person who wrote in, you've been doing this for six years. So for six years, you have been overwhelmed. You've had too much work being thrown at you. And your bosses fucking know that. So that means that you can use that against them, frankly. You can turn around at any point and be like, yeah, results are slow. There's a lot going on. I don't have help. Here's all of the things (laughs) I'm trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So literally, if if you have so many things on your plate that they're not going to be done for the next two weeks, what difference does it make if you take an hour out of your day to update your resume and send Mm -hmm. it out to three companies? Huge. The same problems are still going to be there one hour later, right? And you're still not going to solve them until you have meetings with other people and you do all these things. So like, it's like eating lunch. You can take out an hour to go do this thing. And then once you make it a part of your day, it becomes a 10 minute, 15 minute check. And then you can be like, oh, this is worth it. This other company where I hear people have a good time and get benefits and have like a work-life balance and shit. Maybe I could work there. I will take a sick day to go interview there i thought that i when i needed a better job than Coles, i thought that was the end i thought i couldn't possibly do any better yep. than fucking Coles. but every job makes you want to think that yeah they, they do it on purpose you. yeah they do it on purpose you are a family and you're just Your you family. know family <sighs> and then so when you toxic. say you say something to them like i can I get full time? I worked there seven years and they never once offered me full time. God. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I, I asked a whole bunch of times. 
do you think there'd be a full-time position for me at any point? And they're like, oh, I really don't think so. No. We just really don't have the hour. But could you keep uh, working 34 hours? Every yes, exactly. Week? Can you keep working 34 hours oh, yeah. every week for your life? And then we'll drop yeah. you to eight one week to get your average yeah. low enough so that your fucking health insurance doesn't kick uh-huh. in. That's the fucking they're- paradoxical thing with it. Like if you're doing well in the way that you were, especially, but they can keep paying you that and keep screwing you over and you don't leave, they're just going to keep doing it because it's cheaper. So much value for them. Yes. Absolutely. Which sucks because then there's that you don't want to just give up. You're trying to do good at the thing. Yeah. But instead of being rewarded, like it just ends up with, oh, okay, you're doing all this stuff. What if you did a bit more? What if yeah. you could take care I find of this that other stuff? I find that working to my ability feels better, even if I'm not being compensated, working to my ability feels better than working to my compensation. Because I don't want to feel like I'm not doing everything that I can to help yeah. the people that I, because I care about people that I work with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so I want to help them out because I know they're getting fucked over too. And that's how it was with that company forever. And I think that's maybe part of what you've got going on too. So like another thing to remember is that they'll be fine. Like yeah. your other coworkers at yep. that company, they can, maybe even your departure is a catalyst for them to find something better too. Yep. Hopefully so. And who cares but, if Inatech moves a couple more units? You know what I mean? They can fuck off. Your last name is not Inatech. Yep. <laughs> Unless it is, and that's a goofy last name, and you got even bigger <laughs> problems than this job if that's your last name, there, partner. But it definitely sounds like it's time to get out. I'll also say six years, though, is like, it's a legit thing to have on a resume. If you go apply Looks to great. something, you're like, totally. I fucking worked at the same place for six years. You're not years. the problem. Yeah. Yes. yes. It shows you are very yeah. fucking dependable. Mm-hmm. So, they loved it at the, the the new unnamed retail establishment. They were like, "You were there for seven years." I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Wow, what'd you like about it?" And I go, "Not much." Not yeah. And here's something I think you're uh, gonna love it here. <laughs> and here's the thing that I think um, most workers don't realize is a power. I guess that we have yeah. in a sense is that it actually, in a sense, companies need you as much, if not more, than you need them. 100%. as workers because it costs them money to onboard people oh, so yeah. every time they have to hire or like interview okay so every person who's doing the interviews they're getting a salary to be there interviewing people that's fucking money spent every time a new person gets hired now you got to get trained that is money spent that every time somebody like us walks out of the door you're taking knowledge and experience with you out and away from them. And that's why they do these things where they try to say like, we're family, we need you. Don't you love us? Don't leave us. It's because they know that if you walk away, they lose much more value than they gain by starting fresh with a new fucking person. Yep, but the ideal situation is they keep you and they pay you as little as possible. As little so as possible, exactly. And then There's just incentives to do that. Have you both not been in a situation where somebody gets hired, like you've been at a job for years and somebody gets hired to like be your you. boss or something <laughs> or at a higher rate than you? Yes, and they know nothing? Oh, God. And you consider some stuff? Murder? Murder? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, murders, setting the whole entire company on fire, something like I that. Used to, man, I used to walk up to managers and be like, 
okay, listen, if we start it in the intimates fitting room, I think mm-hmm. it'll catch the whole building. We can all get out of here. <laughs> yeah. We can all get out of here. And we she, can just they would pass- just be like, go pick orders. <laughs> They'd be like, you're so funny, Audrey. You're, you're so, so funny. funny. Go pick some orders. And I'm like, that is- I'm serious. There's accelerant in the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> only is, warn those you like <laughs> that institutional knowledge is leverage that you have mm-hmm. and you can do 100%. a two-pronged thing of and you got to be ready to lose that you have to truly be ready to leave and look for something better yep. and i think you should but you can already go to die them and be in your like, heart i'm i'm i can't do all of this yeah. i'm i have to find something else or things need to change and you can't tell me be, i'm already dead if they are at all competent and do the cost benefit this analysis is where you leverage a promotion yes. and getting a team getting under you something out of it yeah so you can try that at the same time as f- looking at other places that you've got that in your back pocket. but honestly like literally as an ultimatum just like yeah. uh yeah you know what i got an offer from fucking apple or whatever you yeah. can raise it by this much and give me an assistant and whatever or and then you fucking work for out. Yeah, exactly. It all, it all comes back to though, just let let go of this as much as you can. Like even if it would fuck up your life in some ways, the amount what you're describing of having panic attacks every day. I had that for a year at a That's job. That's not okay, and man. Just a year of that fucked me up. I cannot imagine. And credit to you for having the strength to maintain through this, but you do not deserve to have to do that every day. It's really bad. I I um I worked at Urban Outfitters while I was in graduate school, and I was the uh, A manager in Manhattan Urban Out- Outfitters. Okay, busy store. Many of them, and so I worked in the East Village, but then I also worked in Columbus Circle, a giant one. Sure. And you guys, I literally cried in the like storage rooms. So they just have like a bunch of different storage rooms and you're like the floor manager and you have a walkie talkie and everybody fucking messages you and whatever for every problem. And I'm in a closet crying. And I'm just Lisa, like, can I get a price override yeah. at register three? And you're like, <laughs> or, a <customer. laughs> yeah. or there's a customer that wants to talk to the manager. Can you come down to level two? And you're <laughs> already in bad shape. Yeah. I hope they like getting snot on their shoes. Exactly. Yeah. My favorite you, is when you can tell when the manager is having a bad day yeah. and he just comes in guns blazing. Yeah. Hello. Hi. What can I speak to you about? You're coming in. I am the manager, motherfucker. Yeah. What are you going to do about manager. it? <laughs> Hello, I am the manager. I'm ready yeah, to lose my job. What are you ready to just... lose, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> you got this, though, listener. Your your health is more important than this job, no matter By the financial circumstances. To be yep. honest, suggest. So and it's not even so daunting as changing your whole career. You can stay in the same sort of realm if it's working mm-hmm. out for you. If you're making your bills. You can stay kind of where better. you are. You, you will make a get good move. money. You'll get good yeah. money because you'll of the get fact that money. you've been somewhere uh, steady for six years. You have knowledge. You are valuable. You yeah. are valuable. That's all I can say is like, don't believe whatever they're telling you that they that you need them. They and even need if you. you make something of a lateral move, you will feel yeah, better you'll be the, the new guy do you know that when you're Everyone the new guy, new guy when you're the new guy oh my god they don't expect anything out of you they just want you to be real nice so that gives you like six just months be a good hang yeah of being a good hang and asking good questions and people being like oh my god new guy 
awesome. He's so he got six years. She's you really ask into good questions. Yeah. I hear they read exactly. their question on Radio Free Topic. I love that. That's so cool. Big fucking deal. Exactly. And then you can shine with your knowledge and your planning for the future and um, not drowning under putting out fires, but instead being able to say, this is like how we make sure we don't exist in the way that I used to exist. Hell yeah. Also, well, I want to say that we love you. We support you. Totally. We are actually a family as opposed to your fucking workplace. We're going to make we've, it. We've been there before. It, it is not forever. Just make make that move. Here comes Which another one. Which is scary, one. but do it. Okay, go. Yeah. Go, go. Are we ready for another one? This, like is, in a, this is in another kind of interesting uh, off the typical relationship beat question, but also it falls into that at the same time. Hi, friends. Hello. This question can be in the context of a romantic, platonic, or family relationship. What do you do when a partner or or friend joins an MLM? Do you have any experience with this? MLMs that come to mind are Mary Kay, Arbonne, Herbalife, Sensi, etc. My Facebook feed has been filling up with MLM pleas in the past few months, which makes me wonder if there is an uptick in recruitment. Much love, MJ, and shouts Much out. love to you. Wow, MJ. I'm sorry you about your timeline. That's <laughs> I don't Horrifying think energy. I, God, because it's literally deprogramming. You have to literally yeah. deprogram somebody. Isn't it um, not similar? Because the only thing that I can think of that is similar, it's like not exactly an MLM, but like when they have Fox News brain or yeah. like even CNN brain. Uh, yeah it's difficult to deprogram them. And so I can't imagine when it's attached to like they invested money into yeah, this mm-hmm. and therefore their identity and their um, sense of security is also kind of tied up in it. I am, I, the, yeah, the closest I can think of is like Christianity. And there's that same thing where then it's hard to leave because in doing that, you're accepting that you've been an asshole. Like you've yeah. been accepting that you've been had. Yeah. And that's like an embarrassing thing to deal with. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's an uptick because those situations prey on people who are in dire straits or out of work and everybody is and so many there's also the generational are. issue where um all the what do you call them baby boomers are retiring now and they're like a huge population and uh, they are not like tech savvy and stuff yeah. so they're getting taken advantage by a lot of younger generations that are having to be out here surviving doing crimes <laughs> you know <laughs> right and so like again here i am defending the bad person <laughs> but um a lot yeah there's just i mean generationally there's a lot of problems with uh how the older generations uh understand retirement versus the actual reality for retirement that the younger generations have and so there's this whole like population of people taking advantage of older people mm-hmm. um i don't know and so I'm, i can imagine a lot of people a lot of people maybe are around our ages seeing their parents and stuff getting taken advantage of i saw a comedian recently post about um his godmother who's in her 70s he said got tricked out of her four hundred thousand dollars savings god and she's like a like a um, adopts or um what do you call it like a 
takes care of kids. Fosters, thank you. He's like a foster parent and all this stuff. And she got tricked over the phone, that kind of stuff, where they like asked her her personal information and they straight up stole her money. God damn it. If you call the cops, there's nothing they can do. Nothing they can do. And to me, this all falls into the same thing because it's like, it, it falls into the like fake news, real news thing, right? Where it's like, how do you teach? Media literacy. Yes, media literacy. How do you teach your older family members or your more more susceptible family members? Yeah, to do phishing training, to like understand when they should should and shouldn't be giving their personal information. Right. My mom bought a patio furniture set for $28 and a shirt for 10 cents and, you know, just basically just a giant pile of shit that there's no way. There's no way in hell. It's never coming. Uh, Uh, And she just, it's just gone. And she's telling us about it at, uh, at like, I think it was her birthday. Or it was Mother's Day, and we're all sitting around, and we just like, wow, that's um, you got scammed. Yeah. She goes, yeah, well, what are you gonna do? Just kind of like shrugs it off, and we're like, dog, don't do that. If it's if it seems too good to be true, it is, and that's the classic thing with MLMs. And again, where they prey on people in dire straits because you're more likely to buy into something an overpromise when it's like you got nothing else. Fuck, I'm in a bunch of debt. This place is promising me that if I build my downline or yeah. whatever in the first few months, I'll get X amount of money. Like, that's appealing to people. And I don't, you know, they're not even bad people. They're just, totally. it's you know what's interesting though is that it's, um, it goes back to the American dream thing that we were talking about earlier. Because the reason that a lot of people fall into these MLM things is because it seems like a way to, pull themselves up by their bootstraps. You just gotta work hard. Work hard. I can I can hustle this. I can make this happen. And they get tricked by other hustle people who are being like, yeah, you can do this too. But meanwhile my hustle is getting tricking more people into doing the same hustle. I wept when my family told me that I wasn't allowed to do vector marketing. <laughs> I wept. I wanted those, so badly to do a good job. I wanted to do a good job. I wanted to sell up. the steak knives. <laughs> What'd you say? Are they the ones, like, I remember there's a whole thing uh, when I was in college that these signs would go up in classrooms that were like $25 an hour starting, like, call this number. And it was like MLM scam shit. Yeah, and it was that, and you're I like, "Holy so. shit! I could be making that much fucking money." Twenty five dollars an hour in two thousand and seven or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, "Fuck yeah!" And they even I went to a couple of the meetings. Right, my buddy uh, took me because he got taken too. Yeah. And um, we would go, and they actually they identified a few of us as like an inner circle kind of thing, oh and they had God. us come early. <laughs> mini network bagels, uh, and they. Oh, yeah they're really bagels. working us i was like i'm gonna be fucking awesome at this i come home i tell my folks about it and they're like you're not doing that no yeah <laughs> and i'm like what do you mean yeah. but you see how you can get got so easily yeah and then again yeah. it's not about they're not a bad person it is annoying as fuck and it's frustrating when people get weird and defensive and pushy with this stuff uh but they're yeah it, it's a deprogramming thing like we were talking about if you have a particular person in your life that you're close to that this is happening with. I've had this happen with two people and you can try to shoot a shot and link them to, Hey, here's a bunch of 
fucking documented evidence of mm -hmm. this being a scam and what's happened to other people. And sometimes that's going to help, but other times they're just going to be too lost in it they because it's in. the source of yeah. hope to them that they're exactly. going to dig in and turn and on an you. An identity and like um, if they feel like it's their um, sense of autonomy where they yeah. actually have control and yes. an ability to make choices and then you're telling them they made the wrong choice, that comes like that's very hard for them to internalize and to take and yeah. not be mad at you about. So it feels like an attack. It's really tough. I really don't have an answer for how to approach them. Oh. We just let my sister give all of yeah. her Mary Kay to us for Christmas gifts over the years yeah. and stop doing it. You oh, got it just, just best like, you can though. Gentle touch with it. Try your absolute yeah. best not to be insulting and, and or condescending. But, but yeah. there's a good chance. I didn't. That it's I said, "Where's your Mary Kay car?" Huh? Mm -hmm. But there's a where's good the chance car? it's not going to work. Car yet? And yeah. that's super demoralizing and frustrating. And you can get yourself into a bad wormhole of like blaming yourself for not being able to yeah. get them out. But ultimately, it's not on you, and it sucks. But you kind of just can try to do what you can, and hopefully, eventually, they will put it together and they'll come back and apologize. Yeah. But, you know, this stuff fucks people over, and in their fucking seminars and all that, they frame this as people are going to try to tear you down. They don't mm -hmm. think you can start your own business. They don't believe in you. Haters, exactly. Yeah. They, they frame anybody who would come to you and try to be like, hey, this is a this scam who's trying to help yeah. you out. They frame you as somebody who's trying to tear them down. And so mm -hmm. it's very fucking difficult. To a get suppressive to that, person. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. It's cult, cult talk. It's very, it fucking is. Some of yeah. these people that I've known in it will like post shit from the seminars. Yeah. And like I listened to a podcast series on this a long time ago. I'm trying to remember the name of. Uh, if you, it was a big MLM podcast, maybe six years ago. The something. It, there's a couple the, um, series on this that have done yeah. good in-depth dives on it that are like the dream is that the dream is the one, one i listen here to here in new york that people go to i forget what it's called that makes they make people call so like when you go they'll make you call like they'll give you a 10 minute break to call one person and set boundaries with them and like break off everything i forgot what they're called they, it's like really like a like a support weird, support it's group like, or it's like one of them cults that's telling no, people to like, like cut people cult. out of their lives oh yeah. no yeah yeah but it's, so like it's about like effectiveness and like evil. uh yeah so they frame it as like <laughs> capitalistic effectiveness and like uh, uh profitability and stuff and like keep hey. all those haters out of your life that keep you from doing but then it Miserable. just primes you for being preyed upon in these yep. ways you know, because you're isolated and you are now defining yourself through these different ways that you are hustling or not hustling. And it unfortunately is pretty complex um, psychology and narratives being used on people that I don't think the We're average person can undo. Yeah, no, I don't think you can. Um, Which sucks, especially because the shit that they're hawking is so often just the lamest stupidest totally. shit in the world and it's like this combination of insidiousness and corniness that i just find like particularly nauseating this the shit kills yeah. me do i still have Mar i probably still have mary Kay lotion around here somewhere damn i mean you can enjoy the goods <laughs> yeah it's far too with like the Christmas. one case with the fucking like the cutco knives or whatever 
actually pretty good. <laughs> it's just good knives. Why do we have to? It's model. Yeah. It's the whole business right. model that's mm-hmm. the fucking evil thing. But at least in some of those cases, the the thing itself is okay. That was the name of the chick who sold them. Who sold me? Who was trying to sell me on the um on the Cutco knives? You do got good memory. Look at you. Shouts out. To- we hope ADHD you're not doing it anymore. Can be defeated. Editors note I had the name wrong, so I bleeped it. My bad. That's, that's right. Through the power of or, MLM or, hate. That's a hyperfixation thing. Or that's an ADHD trait I'm where like, you will remember the ADHD Cutco lady's name from is 15 a fucking years ago. It truly is. Do we want to? We're going a little long. Do, Let's do we, one more. Do we one want to more. do one more? Let's get another question. If we can hit three questions, that's our uh, quota. That's a sweet and spot. We'll, we'll move up to Diamond Tier in the RFTB MLM. <laughs> we just got to do one more to hit that uh, weekly. Please. We need one more question in okay. our downline. And you know what? Let's if see. you all um, give one more dollar to your uh, Patreon subscription, then maybe you get one more question. Who knows? Maybe so it's... Try it out. <laughs> do we want to do a funny one? Because it's really cute. Let's do a let's, cute one. Let's do a funny one. My uncle, 111M, gifted me 50M, <laughs> no. a ring, before leaving to go traveling. Oh, God. A close family member, 2019M, told me to destroy the ring <laughs> due to problematic associations with the jeweler who made it, but the ring is precious to me and I would feel guilty throwing God it away. damn it. Am I the asshole? <laughs> this is an MLM. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cute. Lord of the Rings is like in the zeitgeist right now. There was just I a know, set I for know. Lord of the Rings for I Magic know. the Gathering, which was very cool that I haven't played any of. because So it's not what is the mental, the, the he- healthy, mentally, uh, and relationship-wise healthy thing that our writer, who we will not call Frodo, but it's probably Frodo, <laughs> um, what would we recommend? Listen to Sam. Oh, shit. What about you, listen Dono? To Sam. I think you need to make friends with a fucked up little guy and get him to guide you to uh, <laughs> a very hot location. And then he, you let him steal the thing from you, and then you just kind of shove him into lava and you killed two birds with one stone that way okay well i'm gonna be the hedonist piece of shit and say that like (laughs) the father's sins should not rest upon the son so it's Uh not your fucking job to save the world i don't give a fuck about the shire live your life go be whatever you want to be frodo and fuck the ring throw that shit in a fucking lake leave it to somebody yeah i kind of dig that actually that you yeah. just put it into the world and let somebody else maybe like, find not, it or not not my fucking problem really <laughs> call to someone though some other piece of shit's gonna find it and put yeah. it on and then the nazgul are gonna come it's gonna suck has nothing to do with me bro <laughs> i think you wear why do i ring. have a why do i have sting now this is a lot for me <laughs> i'm going surfing I, <laughs> I think the ring looks cool i think you should give it to me question asker i'll take it off mm. your hands I mean, Listen to I'm built different. They're not going to come uh, for me. Whatever. I'll be at the beach. Could, you could give it to me. I I'll do be have doing Ken with nerd at the beach. By the way, did you both? Oh, can we end on this? Did you both watch Barbie? No, I have not seen it, but I've heard <gasps> we don't watch good movies typically. Oh, you motherfuckers. We're okay, bad at so movies. Listen, you both do need to watch Barbie. That's what uh, I hear. It's fun. It's funny. It's not perfect. It's when I'm in Chicago next. Maybe we yeah. find a af- little time in the afternoon to go. Let's but get a it matinee. Is, it's yeah. super, super fun. Just about like how to be who, how, how to be yourself. What yeah. it means to we be yourself that. in the world. We love that. It has, yeah. It like as much as they want to make it this like um, 
left, right, whatever arguing yeah, point. They it's, always do. it's just fucking fun. And it's funny and cute. And it will you will see points in which you identify and points in which you're like, holy shit, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> and it's just real cute. And I, I would love to talk to just hear about you your thoughts on it so okay. like if you do an episode right. later where you talk about it with other people i will listen hell yeah lovely yeah it'll be awesome i recommend it is in the zeitgeist we could do a bonus a barbie bonus because oh. can you i wanna... say you're both you are both barbie and ken hell yeah each of us are both barbie that's and gender ken. euphoria yeah. right there that's, which that's when you watch euphoria. the movie you will get it because you can have a whole barbie vibe and also a whole ken vibe i Dang love it, it. Yeah. Mustache heels combo. That's what exactly. speaks to me. I and I like the I like the duality. And the of, combo can come in any way. It could be uh titties and sneakers. It could be that's uh, what I like <laughs> yeah, it could be all kinds of different versions of that combo. So titties and deep voice? <laughs> exactly. Do a lot of that? Yeah. No titties Absolutely. and high voice. Exactly. <laughs> high heels that? and shaved head, also everything. It can be yeah. anything. I've heard, I listened to uh, Pod Damn America, our, our, our dear homies did an episode mm-hmm. on it that I thought was a, a good analysis and made me want to watch it. So maybe, maybe with all of this, all of this pressure and recommendations <laughs> from people, I will actually watch a movie MLM for once. All of this MLM pressure. <laughs> the Barbie MLM. I get paid for every person that watches Barbie, so <laughs> that's, that's what's happening right now. Hey, just mm-hmm. mention promo code uh, Louisa. No, no reason why. When you go into the theater. Uh, Christopher Nolan sure owes that. me money. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got it now. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Had it to begin with. There was... I thought there was another... I thought there was another like actual question one that was kind of quick that I thought could be... That I thought could be interesting. There's lots of long. There's one about considering yourself plain. Okay, let me find. That might be what I was thinking of. Plain. That's X plain. Yeah. Oh wait. Okay. Okay. I've had this highlighted for a while. We'll hit one more. I'd consider myself a plain heteronormative fella. No frills. But for some reason, <laughs> horse Dono really wakes up something else inside of me. I guess my question is, can we get more frequent horse Dono appearances? Just wondering. Thanks, gang. This is, of course, one of my uh, patented ad reads where I was a horse. <laughs> and I said, when I'm, when I'm not eating oats, I like bonus episodes of Radio Free Topic. We can bring it back. <laughs> I think my Bart yeah. Simpson one today was one of my weaker ones. I can promise. <laughs> no, Maybe no, I liked it. I loved it. One. I uh, you. do you remember the episode where um, Lisa and Bart are like grown up? It's like in the future. Yeah. yeah. You have grown up Bart voice. Like oh, Bart sh- spoke like you when Hold he was growing up. It's actually true. Yeah. Hold on. I'll uh, drop it in. Check check. Hello, capital city. Oh, oh my God! It's just his regular voice. <sighs> yeah yeah I'll drop it in. but um as far as the question what was the question this person just asked about they said that horse dono awakened oh, something horse. inside of them so they're but they're normally some pretty kind of horse, plain. horse sexuality situation 
And if they're saying heteronormative too, maybe it's like a gay horse situation. Ooh, maybe they want to get real a numclaw about it. Oh, well, that's Ooh. different. <laughs> Not that far. Ooh. No Mr. Hansing on this program. We would like never Greek. recommend this. Maybe it's like Greek and Roman, just like into um half horse half men oh yeah Fancy. maybe you should like beast men from titan quest yeah that's there's gotta, there's there's gotta be who's like who's not centaur. into that who is not into a centaur who among us would not fuck a centaur get there's out gotta of be here. Centaur fuck a centaur. Stuff we'd yeah. all fuck a centaur yeah fuck a centaur yeah, yeah, you know what just, I'd have to, tell, just I would, to tell people you did i'm confident that i would be like okay <laughs> listen you are quite endowed Sir, so, so what I'm going to need you to do, please be gently. very gentle. And then <laughs> yeah. what he's going to do is what they all fucking do is just so jackhammer the shit out of me from the jump, and then I die, and then I die from it. But then what we'll have a story to tell, Audrey. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you all get a good one. Do you hear that time Audrey from RFTB fucked a centaur? Yeah, Mr. Hands Two, the, the sequel. <laughs> Mr. Hands, this one has hands. Oh, it literally oh, is Mr. Hands. What if the what if it was a centaur, but it, in its its horse bottom, but it still has a tiny, by comparison, human penis, like a human penis. I mean, would you would still enjoy like his. You would still enjoy like his hairy haunches. <laughs> this is true. I can top the sweat, centaur. His sweaty upper man body. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like I feel like I'd be real far away though. Like I'd be topping the centaur, and I'd be like reaching yeah. out, trying to catch a hand, exactly. and he has to like reach back. Maybe grab I, that mane, pull that hair. Ooh, I don't yeah. know. I love we don't a know. Hairy haunch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you don't know until you tried it. So we can do more Horistano if we. <laughs> If my brain works, then I'll do that for the ad read next time because I like doing that one. I like going. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good on uh, making clop noises. Uh, so perhaps we can do that. If you sign but up it, for the gold level on the Patreon, then they will do some costume cosplay for you. Yeah, yeah for horse horse cosplay for you. Let's we'll do one the five hundred dollars centaur. Yeah, we need one uh, of them two whatever. people. Yeah, Somebody's I'll be a, I'll back. be a unicorn, butterfly, whatever you want. I want to be there to see the centaur situation. <laughs> I'm just walking around hugging your waist all night. <laughs> yeah. If this has actually woken up something inside of you, and it's not just a bit, maybe you're into some furry stuff. Maybe you're into yes, some fantasy monster stuff. There is lots. The word you're of, looking for is equine. You want to use the word equine. There's lots searches of, on ethical furry porn websites. Not E621. I am told they are not good to use wait why are they unethical okay so uh i checked with uh someone i know who knows furry stuff and it turns out that they like sick their fans on people that they disagree with and generally suck shit so that's why they're not good i just searched e621 and i found e621 uh, uh halal or not halal which is very funny <laughs> Is it's furry haram. porn halal. It is haram. <laughs> haram furry porn. Uh, thank you for appreciating one of my favorite ad reads character, though, listener. Uh, we'll we'll see what we can do, and thank you for writing in. And we gotta say thanks to Louisa also. Yeah, we do for joining thank us. You both. Both. We, we love chatting you. with you. Missed we you love both. chatting with you also. Can't wait to uh, be back. What you got to plug these days? um these days just check me out on the blue sky and the twitter formerly known as twitter luisa diaz nuts um i'm running still gary goldman's uh monthly show we do it twice a month in brooklyn and in manhattan 
Um, we have different guests come on by, so just check me out on that. And um, that's it. Gary Goldman's yeah. great. Yeah. That's other than that, just living solo, traveling, uh, yeah. trying to live as an example for the weirdos. <laughs> we love it. We are inspired. And we, we thank you again for joining us. And we also got to thank you, the listener, and all of our listeners. We appreciate everyone's support. You can support us a little bit more if you got the means, and you can get some bonus episodes and some stickers for your troubles. Patreon.com slash RFTB. $5 a month gets you that. But for $10 a month, you get all of that. And your name in lights at the end of each episode Whenever we're able to figure out the filters to show active ten dollars subscriptions, which we <laughs> fail frequently, I what did I miss there? Here we go. Active payment. I don't know why it doesn't just default to what you had last time, Audrey. Who are we starting with? We begin with Anthony Limberg. We follow that up with our beloved Day One Barb. We follow that up with Donovan's Day One, his own Christian father. Not Christian anymore. Really? Nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think so. Shouts out to him. We're Big shouting shouts. out spreadable fruit. We're going to shout out Dylan. We're going to shout out Daddy. We're shouting out our good friend Gigi. We're going to shout out K friggin' Money. Next up is Mall Criada shouting out. <gasps> we Big shout fan. out MC Proletariat. We're shouting out Mickey Flykick. We're shouting out Rico Suave. We're shouting out (laughs) Riley. From episode 105, The Yellow Rose of Tote Land, we're going to shout out Ryan, Rich Homie, Click Clack. Uh, uh, Oh, fuck. I was trying to think of something that rhymed with super deformed, but I couldn't on the spot. We're shouting out super deformed. We love (laughs) (laughs) you. We love you, man. Shouting out. Tufted tit mouse, 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 mouse. We're shouting out Wendy. And back after a week of not having the we building, got a double right? shout. We got a double shout out, Ren. We're going to double shout out, Ren. Ren. We said Ren. at the same time, that's a double shout out. Uh, thank you all for your we support. You, we appreciate you. And if you want to support the show and you ain't got the means to do it financially, just give us five stars places. That helps a whole lot. We love that. Or tell a friend. Organize a seminar with a hundred of your closest friends and <laughs> tell them to listen to the program. And just donate one dollar each. Yeah. Just a dollar. Folks, for a mere one dollar, you could feed a starving podcaster. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, not five that far stars from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Give us some dollars. Please. Audrey's oh, yeah. gotta replace a goddamn car battery. <laughs> oh well, it turns out I got I could get into the car thing. It was a coolant pump. It was still a thousand dollars, and guess what? The warning light still comes on, so I'm taking God. it in tomorrow morning oh, to get no. it looked at again. Fucking kill, kill me it. with a gun. Okay, uh, we're gonna wrap this episode up by me talking about the music. I do all the music for the main feat. You can Woo! find it and more songs like it at soundcloud.com slash RFTB. I don't know what the song at the end's called because I'm going to make it tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> the song at the beginning is called Horn Filters, the love theme from RFTB. Check it out on SoundCloud. We love it. Oh, shit. I usually say the last piece of music and then it's back to you for the end thing. But oh, that's right. So I'm just going to, you know what? It's I'm just, just back to you part. for the end thing. Where I just get right up on this microphone and I say I love you. Thanks, bye. Yeah!